You all are listening to Lame, the Lexington Attorney General Marxist Experience. All right. Aaron. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Great. Great. Great stuff. Great stuff. Um, I'm Jeremy. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, we'll catch you all next time. That's right. We got the old switcheroo. It's at the end of the podcast. Um, and now it's the front. Uh, it's the well, 12th of... It's happened again. You voiced another perfectly good There night. we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the 12th of November 2021. This sounds really stupid. I'm just playing in the space, guys, today. It's been a lame... It has been a lame-packed week. Three episodes in a week. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. And um, they're all good, equally. Um, they're all fun to record. Yeah. We have commercials. Follow us on Twitter at LamePod. Email us at LexLamePod at gmail.com. Leave us some reviews on iTunes. Share it with your friends. Get us, get, uh, send an email if you want a sticker. It will do it for you. We'll do that for you. Um, we'll just get it to you. No, no cost to the, to the consumer. Free zero dollars. Yeah. Oh, shown. I didn't. I I made an interesting choice in in um in how I was organizing uh, my writing for this episode. So just bear with me, all. We have to. We love feedback. We love commentary. We love corrections. It's why, unlike every other news media, we put our corrections at the top of the show. Um, these are not corrections, but um. Well, I have to make corrections to other people's thinking. Um, I've, re- I've received some feedback, and um, I need to. There's some things I need to clarify on. There's some things I need to go to war over. Um, number one, uh, we will not be naming the identity of this person, but um, uh, <laughs> but this is the third episode that I'm talking about overhead wires. Overhead power lines <laughs> and overhead internet are good. All throughout my all throughout my neighborhood yesterday, um, and all down the roads or whatever, there was just guys, a single guy with a truck, the little cherry picker on the back of it, going up and working on stuff. He did it and it was easy. He had no problem. It was there and easy to access. He was in, he was out, it was good. There wasn't any you didn't have to dig anything up, you didn't have to do any other thing dumb stuff, you know, and it's great. So when um your precious little underground uh power wires break on you, Blake, um I will be <laughs> I will be there um laughing all the way. What if you just installed like a little service tunnel? That would be <laughs> That would be yeah, no, that's great. We should build little tunnels underground all of Lexington. That'd be fun. I think it could be great. Um, I think we should do it exactly like they did in Chicago, where they build it, forget about it, and then let it flood in the 90s and like destroy every major basement. <laughs> anyway, second, and this is a little bit more of a correction, right? Yesterday, not yesterday, whatever. Last time, we did a real lame episode. When I said... It is it, it, you. You should it, you might you should buy crypto instead of investing in the stock market. I was not saying you should buy crypto. I was trying to illustrate that the stock market is not something you should be investing in. And I'm worried that some people took this as me telling you to go out and buy some Bitcoin. Lame <laughs> is not offering financial advice. Lame is not offering. No, I am offering financial advice. Your financial advice. Um, is uh, to go out and um, uh, buy a house that you live in for you. And um, if you can't do that, well, um, maybe you shouldn't be so worried about where you're putting your money, huh? Maybe you should just uh, maybe you should just join us in the fight. You know, maybe um, throw a little money down on a little um, co-op, a little workers' like co-op. Lexington Tenants Union. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just saying. Don't put your money in the stock market. Don't put your money in crypto. Don't bother with it for different reasons. The stock market one was the point I was trying to make, but I'm not going to let myself go down in the books as a little, little, um, little, little pro crypto freak. Um, I will not. I will not. I will not let my reputation be tarnished like that. Anyway, 
Before we got a great episode, guys, for you. We have a great episode today. A lot of stuff is in this thing. I mean, the binder for today's uh, document, I mean, Charlie handed to me, and, like, I wasn't thinking about it or whatever, and, like, when I grabbed it and, like, the weight transferred in my head, I just comically sort of just fell to the ground with it. I mean, it's a densely, densely packed episode. But we got to start with the vegetables. Um, let me just read you... Uh, let me just read you uh, this. Police, no charge pending after Eastern Kentucky University professor struck and killed by a vehicle. That's what they didn't include on the thing, right? So she was a pedestrian. They said, they, they, okay. With the most psychotic thing that had been this article, Jeremy please read the AP style guide again or something. There's no fucking way the sentence, she was a pedestrian at the time, is a is a normal sentence that, is a that Jeremy you would Chisholm. say. I'll, Jeremy, I expect it better from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there were, uh, Richmond police are still investigating the collision, but there were, quote, no pending criminal charges. So um, this woman just got, just killed by vehicle, just, just murdered. Um... You know, at 5.20 p.m. on this Wednesday. Um, just just hit, struck by vehicle. And no one's no one's receiving any things. This was just an accident. There was no issue. There was no way to stop this. There was none of this thing. Um, whatever, you know, banned cars, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's... And that's the sad note. We, 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 an, another person lost to um, the uh, the modern Moloch or whatever, right? Now for the God, guys, there's so many. I have two nuclear articles. I mean, weapons grade Herald Leader pieces, right? <laughs> Today, I mean, <laughs> first thing this got announced earlier in the week, but we didn't. Obviously, we didn't talk about the bonus episode because we recorded those both on a Monday or whatever. Guys, <laughs> this is huge. David Kloiber, everyone's fucking favorite fail son, is running for mayor. <laughs> David Kloiber is running against Linda Gorton for mayor. My favorite little freak. My favorite little guy who has literally no fucking clue what goes on in city government. Has about as much of a good grasp on what's going on as me. Someone who's just watching the meeting. Um... I mean, it's like, this is the guy who every time he's like, we should do this, someone from legal aid goes, they're already doing that, sir, or um, that's not how you would do that, or you should have just talked about this to me in advance or whatever. <sighs> this is the most interesting thing from the article, though. This is how, this is how Beth Musgrave tell, um, describes him. A first-term Lexington councilman who runs a nonprofit foundation has filed paperwork to run against incumbent Mayor Linder Gordon. Right, so like every every guy in this city, like every just guy in Lexington, everyone's got tied up in some bullshit nonprofit shit. David Kloiber, no exception. However, his is incredibly funny. Kloiber runs the you guessed it Kloiber Foundation. <laughs> And, um, okay, I, that was the free space, but if you can get this next part, I'll give you the bingo. A Lexington nonprofit that focuses on, on youth initiatives. What does that mean? I don't know what the fuck these people are doing with all these kids, man. I mean, <laughs> where's where's my youth initiative? Where are the adult initiatives? I know. And, of course, I mean, of course, we all knew this. He's a Lexington Catholic grad, um, which makes him, uh, you know, uh, just as fucked up as I um his hair has like no texture to it it's it's weird it's kind of amazing this is an amazing photo i like how that appears to be jennifer reynolds in the background but with his hand blocking out her face mm -hmm. um or just a woman um but you know what's when they all got sworn in so yeah. probably jennifer reynolds right that is when the swearing in man we're coming up on that we're coming up on the anniversary of lame and which is also the first episode of lame that went out was the episode of Lame that covered these council people getting sworn in. I feel like I've really grown with them. Um, I've been getting okay at podcasting, and David Kloiber thinks he can run for mayor. And this is why Lame Podcast is announcing our run for mayor. God. Okay. Uh, David Kloiber has never, ever won an election. He ran unopposed for this seat. 
the guy just filed. This guy, I don't know. I truly don't know if he knows anything. Um, I mean, he, okay. Kloiber has said as he received a lot of encouragement to get into the race for the city's top job. Quote, my kids attend public schools here, and I know exactly how important it is to make the city the best possible place for children to grow up in, Kloiber said. That's why I've worked to support teachers and students through my foundation over the years and why I decided to serve this community on city council, right? Quote, I have received a lot of encouragement to run for mayor from people who feel like Lexington has missed opportunities over the past several years. So I filed the paperwork with KREF to look into the race, and I will decide in the coming weeks what course to take. Right? What the... What the fuck is the missed opportunities? And le- not, I, not kicking out Amazon when you had the chance? I Like, that's the thing. I don't... Unless David Kloiber is a... Um, is Lame's number one biggest fan. Um, and is, like, you know, like, like secretly, like, a, like, a, like, the, like a real, like, Marxist-Leninist just hiding out on city council. Something tells me the opportunities he thinks were missed um, were opportunities to do just the most fucked up shit. Right? Not that Mayor Linda Gordon's particularly better or whatever. I mean, I don't... Th- I, uh, look, I'd have this... I'd have Linda Gordon over David Kloiber, but I would really have some other people over Linda Gordon. And of course, the whole, I mean, as you all know, the whole vibes are fucked with Linda Gordon in the first place because, of course, she ran, this is in Beth Musgrave's own words, Gordon had one of the largest margins of victory in the mayor's race in history um, because she ran against fucking Ronnie Bastin, a former police chief who was like, I don't know, weirdly into like playing like, like, I don't know, he ran these fucked up ads that were like, I'm the only Democrat running for the mayoral seat or whatever. And people did not like this. People did not like that you were making their little election partisan, right? Um, probably because a lot of people didn't want to think about how they were voting for a Republican, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's it, it, anyone can win you when you're running against like, it's just, just, just like evil. Um, but now it seems to be... Uh, the incumbent versus just some guy. I can't, I don't know of any other interesting mayoral candidate. Here's an interesting campaign statistic. According to the Kentucky registry of election finance reports, Gordon has already raised $28,000 for her race. Yeah. Well, um, I can't imagine you would need that much money to win in the city. How much could a, how much can sign printing cost is, I guess my question. How much can making stickers? Does Linda Gore make stickers? She should make stickers. <clears throat> Send us some. Um, <laughs> Hit us up, Linda Gordon. Anyway, so this is, I thought that was going to be the big article. But uh, the other day, actually, I ran into, um, I ran into an old friend of mine. A frenemy of mine. It's complicated. Um, I was, you know, just sort of, um, minding minding my own own business out right and who do i run into but um former former um republican death cult member barry saturday right and he says he's in in and we were you know we got to talking we got the classical thing you know we love just two guys hanging out talking politics you know we can agree to disagree blah 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 but you know so he's going being like you know he's like communism is the death of everyone blah 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 and i'm like communism is actually the only thing that will save us blah blah you know like uh you know we need a workers revolution and um then david Kloiber goes i'm 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 very anti-union i was like this is this is obvious and he's like no not like these other fake, fake anti uh, anti communists out there. I I am so anti union. We need to dis we need to dismantle the fraternal order of police. And let me say this, ladies and gentlemen, there was magic in the air that night. <laughs> um, the here's an op ed published um, or updated November 9th. I guess probably published probably that same day. Op-ed, Lexington police reform has one easy answer. End the collective collective bargaining agreement by Barry Saturday. <laughs> this picture is interesting. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, once again, Aaron, stop talking about the photos on the podcast. <laughs> um, this is also a photo from Portland for some fucking reason. Um, 
I guess they didn't want the pictures of people kneeling. kneeling with the cops in Lexington. Guys, that was embarrassing. Um, I hope I hope if you were if you if you or someone you know was doing that that they've um, been sort of seeking therapy. 2022 is approaching fast, and a national-level policy positions are already hardening amongst activists on both sides, while local political parties are naturally left to push local political opinion in the direction of their national party leans, whatever the fuck this means. Local political parties follow the national party. Thanks, thanks, Aaron. Um... Police issues have been uh, certainly been on top of the mind for many voters. As a sign of the time, how a party's voting base feels about support of the police has almost become the new Roe v. Wade. It's, it's not. How did keeping up our community, keeping our community safe, ever become so controversial? And will voters ever agree on a way to ensure general safety in a community while also ensuring civil rights are maintained? The national legislature has so far failed us, but locally, I believe there's a way. Today's status quo has police at the center of national controversy. The left is appalled at the human rights abuses we've seen, and the right has been just as appalled at cities burnt in the national news. Well, the right is the right is crying at literally tilting at windmills. No city is burning. No one is burning down a fucking city, man. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you saw people uh, like rioting at the Macy's at Midtown Manhattan. Um, uh, don't worry, guys. No one fucking lives in Midtown. Um, whatever. Uh, it's likely uncontroversial, however, to say that over the past few years, the left has demonized the police to such a degree that it has forced the right to reflexively support law enforcement, come when it may. I don't know where to begin with this. Um, the right is always, has always been hand in hand with the police. This is how it always is goes. Um, I do not know what to I do not know the 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 idea that the left started it. It's so fucked up, man. The left made us made us support these cops. They forced our hands. Oh, I have to in order to trigger the libs, I have to support the police state. No, motherfucker, you want the police state. Um the okay, whatever. Uh, as a reader, you may be a left-leaning individual wondering why conservatives are pro-police in a post-George Floyd environment. This is a fair question, and it's societally useful to see the other side of the argument. From a conservative perspective, the left nationally has controversially tried to – he's using the word controversial a lot. The left has controversially tried to completely remove police from communities like Minneapolis. They supported rioters in Portland and elsewhere who physically attacked police officer eyes with lasers and physically throw an object. There's plenty more from that came from, but you get the picture. Well, let me say this. I actually don't think there has been any major movement on the left to actually um, to actually uh, uh, get rid of the police entirely um, because I, it, just, it, it hasn't worked out. It hasn't worked out. We haven't done it. There's really no – there was never a popular consensus on entirely removing police. That's why the whole fucking statement – that's why the whole fucking thing that everyone was saying for like a fucking year was defund the police. So we say it on the podcast every fucking time we talk about the cops, man. Um, whatever. The – like okay cops getting lasers in their eyes and people are physically throwing objects um like i don't like what like uh, police officers shoot you put you in handcuffs um just have the just have the ability to just to just like at at one wrong term just fuck your life over permanently um, like, you know, we know they plant evidence on people. We know they, they, um, they discriminate when they target who to pull over. Um, you know, they know it, it is, you know, there is nothing like it is. So the crimes, um, of police generally, um, perhaps maybe you could understand, um, the frustration and, um, people throwing objects at cops. Um, cause, uh, oh God, do you remember that video, Aaron? Where it was like the cop showed up. I think it was in New York or whatever. The cop showed up and just uh, stole. Showed up and just stole all the bottled water from these protesters and then left. Whoa! No, yeah. I remember people were like giving police officers like roses and then they would just get like shot. That's a I. That's a unsupported, but that seems insane. I believe it though. Whatever. Um wild yeah just non every they were using non-lethal stuff we're using fucking tear gas all right guys okay okay barry saturday um do you want to get the thing not that you're trying he's making this since he's trying to thread the needle in the most i mean 
a, ta- a radical, a radical centrist this guy is. I mean, truly, in this environment, it's no surprise that your stereotypical middle-class family has been shocked and concerned about their children's safety. Consequently, creating a better tomorrow and protecting civil liberties has taken a backseat to the immediate need to ensure police are there to protect families from lawless violence today. It makes political sense for the Republican Party writ large to be that voice for families in order to recapture the suburban vote lost in 2020. I, who, what, I would love, show me one child that has been killed and attacked by lawless violence. Um, that is not an unarmed black kid that is shot by the police. I mean, dead fucking serious over here. Like what? Like it is. Ins- it is insane to me that, like, that he's not like, like he's like that. They need to recapture the su- suburban vote lost in twenty twenty. In twenty twenty, they've got it, man. The uh, the suburban mindset is so deeply the paranoid and insular. Like, of course, they 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 reflective reflexively support the police, man. The suburban vote is basically the only vote. It is the, for lo- the cops. I mean, the yeah. largest vote for the cops. The suburban vote is the most reactionary vote. Just because Donald Trump pissed off a bunch of like like women voters or whatever, like look at Joe Biden's fucking platform, man. It was not policing. There was no disagreement between the two parties in the 2020 general election over what to do about the police, right? Trump was the fucking law and order guy. And Joe Biden was like, I think the cops are good. And, um, Kamala Harris is my vice president. Um, you know, that was Jack is what he said. Um, so how do you stop these abuses in a polarized environment? It may surprise some to learn that the solution doesn't have to be political. I mean, this guy's deli- Barry delivers me fucking psychic damage whenever I talk to this guy, man. Like, what the? F- okay, solution doesn't have to be political. What are these guys? Okay, uh, 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 Barry is a malicious actor, right? This I think this is obvious. I think this is something we can all agree on. Lame that the Barry the, the Barry writes these articles to hurt people, but like there are liberals out there that are like there there are let me just rephrase there are people that and maybe they don't say it explicitly because if you say it explicitly like Barry you sound like a psychopath and you know you are one right but like there are people that will argue um and not explicitly in these terms but it's what the essence of their argument is is that is that there are other ways is that is that there are things should be depoliticized that there are a that there are um apolitical ways non-political ways rather of achieving progress in some things and to that i say read literally literally read a book i don't even saying fucking read theory man i'm saying literally just pick up a history book like tell me at any point when anyone's rights were were progressed or any good in this fucking world was done that wasn't political right and if you find me something, I will then have, guess have to ask you what you think your definition of political is, because I'm telling you right now, there is nothing, there is there is there is nothing that is without politics that has to do with any material conditions, because politics is the, it is the it politics is a combat schema for for allocating resources, like and there is like like it is the vehicle. For, you know, it is the vehicle for any kind of change in any society that is even remotely good. And for people to constantly be like, oh, we need to be, you know, like, oh, we shouldn't, whatever. I don't, it's bullshit. Um, slash, it, it's, it, it is political. Like, taking a neutral stance is something that is a political stance that supports one side over the other. So just don't, never, I don't know, don't fool yourselves. Um, anyway. Some may be aware that conflicting leadership exists within most police departments. Due to this dual leadership issue, police chiefs often find their reform ideas confounded by police union leadership. Can or should voters support one or both? First, the police management, i.e. the chief, is democratically accountable to voters as they are generally appointed by the municipality's mayor. If people are unhappy with the police, they can push the mayor to remove the chief or vote out the mayor if necessary. Unions are effectively lobbyists accountable accountable only to themselves and often take extreme positions. In Lexington, 
the union, FOP, in a shocking recent lawsuit effectively stated that police should make city law enforcement policy, not the voters' elected representatives. If the lawsuit is successful when police issues arise, this would essentially give the police veto power over Lexington's elected leadership. The union has already destabilized the situation by targeting elected council members who voted against their wishes. I doubt the union wants their own members targeted that way. Chief Weathers, however, like many chief police, is broadly popular. Consequently, the only thing stopping effective police reform is not Democratic or Republican policies, but police unions stopping police management from implementing useful reforms and terminating bad officers. Removing unionization of the police shouldn't be a difficult compromise for left or right to make. It ensures public safety needs are met, guarantees police reforms through public accountability via the mayor's office, and critical to democracy, guarantees voters are still in control at the ballot box. Now, a few things. One, it is not. It, it is a difficult compromise for the left. If you actually do this, idiot, idiot. If you fucking knew anything about leftist politics, um, uh, maybe you would. Uh, here's the thing, though. If you actually, I think broadly, if you actually know like what leftist politics are and what they're doing for, you're probably already on the left. Like, I don't think there's many people who are like, like you know, right wing that understand like what the goals of the left are in any serious way. Look no further. Look no further than being like. Then, you know, like referring to like, you know, like like communist as libs or whatever, you know, whatever. Um, but that's kind of what... people have read like uh, people have read imperialism. But I know. Like, but then they're like, actually. But I like this. But actually, I like this. I like this. I like this. Chief Weathers is not popular. Chief Weathers was, if I recall correctly, and I'm sure I will um, be corrected on this and I encourage you to correct me on this. Don't 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 think I'm upset. I like receiving feedback. Um I don't think he was in support of the no-knock warrant ban, if I recall correctly. Um, This guy was not popular, right? Okay, but here's the thing, right? Here is the central question, right? The essential one of the essential questions that dogs the left, right? God, our police... Are cops workers, and should they be entitled to 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 have a to you know to have a quote unquote democratic workplace, right? So, I don't know. My take on it, I will say this. Here's my take on it. Mm-hmm. You are free to discuss amongst yourselves if you, because I know you do lame listening parties. I'm sure you, you're listening. You're, you're, you have your family gathered around the radio. Um, a little, little generic fireside chat. Yeah, a little generic fireside chat. Exactly. Police are public servants in the same way that elected officials are public service and should be, as Lenin correctly prescribed um, and as the Paris Commune correctly demonstrated, should be subject to recall from their positions at any moment, right? They are not treating treating a cops like they're just any service worker, as if they're just, just, just some guy working at the fucking Chipotle, is not is being disingenuous right they are there is not they are not workers that are being exploited in the same in the same way right there is a social contract if you i mean there it's a legal contract but uh, more explicitly but generally speaking there is a social contract between the people and its government right and Part of the social contract is that you are ceding power to police in exchange for certain benefits perceived or real, you know, right? And like you are – there is a level of power that you are giving to them, right? And I don't know. End of the day, police unions are a great demonstration in the fact that unions are powerful and you need to be in one, right? Like there is is an immense power that they offer or whatever, right? But at the same time – they occupy a certain role in in public administration and um, over the monopoly of violence, blah 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 blah, and maybe shouldn't get the uh, uh, maybe there should be some things that um, uh, are off the table with them in exchange for them being in, um, in in exchange for being given power, right? Just a thought, just a fucking thought. It would be like I guess if the. I don't know if like the KU guys got together and they did like a little KU union. I mean, yeah. Well, it's like, what's well, okay? What's so? It's like okay. If the KU guys got like the workers at KU did a union, great man. Yeah, they that'd need be to good. be paid more or whatever. If the workers at KU got together and they're like, we as workers do not want to provide power to Somerset, Kentucky. 
Like that's not like that is a you, you cannot <laughs> <laughs> actually fuck Somerset. I mean, this is the. Th- I mean, it's it's uh, who fucking out here is going to be like it's through it's the workers' wish. They don't want to give power to Somerset, right? Like. <laughs> It's just it's just so fucking wild to me. Like there that is a uh, you know, and I mean, look in in this exact situation, I'd be like, great, Somerset Workers Co-op, and they do it. I don't know. There is, it is just curious to me, like, like because obviously conditions of police officers' work and conditions of most public servant positions or whatever public administration stuff are subject to laws, right? Um, because they occupy certain, there is some sort of trade-off happening that is not the same trade-off between me working at the Daihatsu factory, um, you know. And I, I'm sure there's some good literature out there about it or something. But generally, the I think we could solve a lot if there was just public re- recall, right? I don't know, man. We need to, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah pulling out the cut, pulling out the copy of State and Rev as we're talking. I don't know, guys. I'm just saying, like, it. Losing my train of thought right now. This is so embarrassing, guys. If you go to chapter one, okay, section two. Okay, cool. Of uh, State and Rev, special bodies of armed men, prisons, etc. Read that, and that will tell you all you need to know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's um. It is, perhaps maybe. Um, the the uh, the oversight council, the civilian oversight count um, oversight of the police, shouldn't be something that is hammered out in the in the law in the collective bargaining agreement, as we talked about on I think the last main episode. But uh, whatever. Um, final final plea from Barry Saturday. Mayor Gorton and Council, do what our national legislature failed to do. Save public safety, save democracy, save our civil rights, support the police, not police abuse. Now it's time to truly give Chief Weathers and subsequent chiefs control of the department and protect the community by putting an end to the many dangers to democratic rule and civil rights inherent in FOP collective bargaining. Don't end police reform and the collective bargaining agreement. Barry Saturday has served on the Lexington community, or served Lexington community as a social studies teacher, financial advisor, past HOA president, and 2018 candidate for city council. I hope he runs again so we can cover him more. Um, and I mean, got his little picture there. Yeah, fucked up looking guy. Um, it's it, you would get a fascist uprising if you ended the uh, collective bargaining thing. These are cops are one of the few job positions that really get the power of collective bargaining. And um, they have weapons um, and they literally they will they will. And I'm not kidding. Fuck you up if you do this to them. And this is part of why cops are so terrifying. I'm not saying we should fear cops. And as a result, try to placate them as much as possible. Look up um, seating Czechoslovakian land to Nazi Germany or whatever. Appeasement never works for fascists, Um, you know. I'm just saying, um, maybe we should do a little. Maybe we should move a little more delicately than um, than removing uh, a, a bunch of freaks with guns' sense of control over their own situation. <laughs> maybe we should. Maybe we shouldn't uh, destroy um, a union to uh, to make this happen. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Um, okay, I gotta skip. Sorry, Blake. Oh, we didn't talk about the thing you submitted. I'm skipping. Uh, to uh the scott county landfill man oh beautiful we've been this has been on my mind um so uh it's closed the scott Fountain county landfill we did not win our decision maybe we shouldn't have fucking renewed our contract in june 2020 with these fucking guys that were just underbidding republic maybe we should have just booked maybe we should have just taken back our con contract with republic and have them handle our garbage i don't know i'm just fucking saying it probably would have been better for us um so let's see um this is interesting yeah the the where they have to haul it to now that's what i yeah that's what i was that's what i was trying to find i'm like they have to like haul like 60 miles to, to fucking moorhead jesus christ man um, they put it. They put it in the Justice for North Fork uh, lot because that's currently empty right now. Great. They. What am I trying to say here? For 
do not, under any circumstances, try and underpay the guy that collects your garbage. Every time, if, if, if someone shows up and they're like, yeah, we can handle, we can do waste disposal services for a few million dollars cheaper than the next guy, don't do it. Don't fucking do it. It is, they are not, whatever they're doing is not good. Someone is losing out and maybe you shouldn't be cutting corners on shit like waste collection. Um, you know, this is one of the, one of the few advancements of modern society that's really improved society somewhat is proper waste management. Don't throw that away. Don't ruin that. Um, also stop buying single use plastics. Not that it would do anything, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, if you can even avoid it, if you can avoid it, you do it, you know, but it's not, if you can't avoid it, don't cry yourself to sleep. I'm not, no one's coming after you. Um, yeah, well, that was the speed run version of that. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people got mad. There's some quotes, and then they uh, had yeah, other yeah. quotes, and then it's not clear if the waste service of the bluegrass will appeal. Yeah, they can. Whatever, guys, we got to talk about the supply chain. Everyone's talking about supply chains these days. Well, um, this is a curious one. Um, Fayette County school cafeterias are running out of food. Certain kinds of food. Um, from Pop-Tarts to cereal, Fayette County schools are beginning to see sporadic impacts of national supply chain shortages in their cafeteria. Maybe, maybe globalization was a mistake, right? Maybe, just maybe. Every week when district staff place orders, they encounter shortages. Items might not be available at one point and variable again in a few weeks, district spokeswoman Lisa Defendall said, cafeterias at various times have been un unable to get oriental chicken or uncrustables, a brand of pre-made sandwiches. There have been low supplies or increasing outages in Pop-Tarts, cereals, and crackers. That's interesting that I can't get the uncrustables because those are a smucker. Yeah, that's we have a, a GIF plan a GIF right here. Product. Globalization's a mistake, man. I'm not that any of this stuff is probably going internationally, but right. just that any sort of larger, I mean, you should probably keep the, the your your food supply close to you. I don't know. I'm just saying you should maybe we should uh, take a note from uh, the uh, Cuban special period. Um, that's your Google search term for this episode. A little lame extra credit. Yeah. Frozen breakfast items such as French toast sticks have been in short supply. There have also been shortages in paper supplies and foam containers, even in cups used for dissing, dipping sauces. One vendor told district officials that supply chain problem may continue for another 10 to 20 months or forever. Um that was my commentary. He did not say or forever. I'm saying that. <laughs> Raw material is short in some cases. Vendors have told district staff demand is exceeding supply. One vendor said production has been suspended on some items due to production equipment issues, labor, and capacity challenges. Produce coming from the West Coast has had an increase in freight costs due to lack of drivers. Vendors do not have control over supplies, labor, and arrival time, Stephanol said. District staff received word from one vendor that a fire at a cereal plant is expected to cause shortages of one brand for months. I don't – maybe this is a little bit too lame a Marxist experience to say, but um, sounds like if you just centrally planned this economy. Um, <laughs> just saying, maybe if the, maybe if the, uh, if the getting food to school um, – one, one of the big things that school needs to do – um, is, is feed the children that are there. Um, maybe one of the, uh, like, I mean, schools, one of the few institutions that aren't just like totally just destroyed. I mean, I, I say that in air quotes, um, by, uh, I mean, it probably already is like, you know, almost every County's got a school, you know, it's one of the few funded public things in everything. And, um, uh, it's, it's one of the few good government services, we give kind of sort of it's all fucked up of course it's america blah 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 blah. i'm just saying you should probably be centrally planning this stuff maybe you shouldn't leave the market up to whether your kids can get food or not um but that's just me <clears throat> you got uh, a five-year you know city's got a five-year plan mm -hmm. people a, like doing five-year plans five -year plan. we should get just a little five-year plan <sighs> yeah it's a little you know okay here's an update on the uh the uh, staffing shortages in um, oh, yeah. Kentucky, right? Um, uh, we are thrilled to report that we only have two openings in our child nutrition department and that we have 27 individuals in our bus driver class right now. We currently have 19 trainees who will believe we'll be ready to start driving buses regularly in just a few weeks. So, um, one, the bus situation is improving. Two, that's right, folks. The buses are still fucked up. Um, I mean, what a, what a complete... 
What if, I mean, a failed state we live in. Can you can you read the Facebook comments on this article? <laughs> no, I can't. Oh my god. What do they say, Aaron? What do they say? <clears throat> so this this one guy um, quotes from the article: "The pandemic has disrupted the global supply chain, the path of manufacturing, transportation, and logistics that gets goods from where they are manufactured, mined, or grown to where they are going." And then he has his own commentary. Recall that after a month of initially denying the pandemic was even a thing, McConnell and Trump tossed out the government's pandemic response book so they could politicize it. Their issues <clears throat> that we're having to deal with today can be traced directly back to them and their party, P is capitalized in party, <clears throat> and their failure to act like adults in charge of running an election. Another person replies. <clears throat> it's like got two likes. Another person replies. That's known as dementia and the early stages of Alzheimer's. What? McConnell will be 80 years old next February, and Trump will be 76 in June 2022. Yeah. The world changes much too fast for old men to keep up with. Biden is too old as well. Oh, I was going to say, I was like, as opposed to the Democratic Party, which is famously full of just young, spry individuals who know what they're doing. I mean, Guys, yeah, that's Facebook. <laughs> this, I want to be something that, okay, one of the, in my opinion, the 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 central commandment of Marxism, as the religion that I practice, <laughs> <laughs> commandment one. Thus spoke Marx. Thou shalt note thy history. Historical materialism is the is the core to understanding anything in society in any real way, right? And if you were thinking this way, um, it would it, you know it is apparent. And I mean, I'm not the first. Per- Obviously, I'm not the first. Everyone's on the everyone on the left. I feel like is saying this, but it just needs to be said again. The conditions, what we are reaping right now, has been sown over the last like 200 years ongoing. Right? If you want to get a little smarter time frame, the last like 50 years, like the 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 failure um, of the 20 in the 20th century of the left to make any significant lasting gains. Right. Um, every concession that has been given to the left just slowly repealed back. And now, you know, in the, the, the neoliberal turn, blah, 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 blah. It's all bad. You can't, you cannot, in, a, in, in one way, you actually cannot blame Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell. I, yes, I will be excited to be talking about this in the correction section on the next, next episode <laughs> after I get a bunch of blowback on this. How could they have acted any differently? How could they have gone off of their off of the path, off of the eighty year path that they've been on? There was no other. There, this pandemic could have gone no other way but the way that they did it. Every opportunity that they had to do something different, they never realized was an opportunity in the first place. So, I wouldn't. Don't lose too much sleep over with it. Um, there's there's always a way out of it, but it's not. It is not through any of these guys, and I'll just say that. Um, and with that, I yield my time. How are we on time? Forty-three minutes in. Jesus. Well, we can do a long. I mean, we can go as yeah. long as you want, Aaron. Okay. You, I mean, you are the one that says, and it's happened again. So. Oh, it is. Yeah. I you can pull the and it's ha- Aaron. At any point in this podcast, you can just pull the ripcord on the <laughs> mid sentence. So like, it's happened again. You can just hit the eject button, and I have to comply. <laughs> yeah. All right. You all are listening to the middle of lame, the Lexington Attorney General Marxist experience. That's right, baby. We're we're in the middle. We you can follow us on Twitter at lamepod. You can email us at lexlamepod at gmail it's looking like this is going to be a longer episode, but that's okay. Only only the viewer or the listener will tell because you're listening to this episode right now, and you'll know. Yeah, you actually long. know how long it will be before we know. Uh, Side B is, uh, I mean, it's mostly you got to mostly just uh, state news. So if you're like, I only live in Lexington, do not fucking talk to me about any of this state politics shit. Mm-hmm. Probably peace out. Mostly, don't be sad. It's a good segment, though. Yeah, it's basically just state news. Um, this is good. We got a goofy. We got a, a goofy one up top, which I can't believe you're actually covering. You um, wanted me to. I oh, did I? Yeah, you said do this. <laughs> <laughs> you told me you maybe were we'll, like Aaron. Uh, Aaron, I am assuming you'll be talking about this on side B. Well, it was just like I mean, everyone on fucking Twitter was talking about it, just like Nash, like internationally, yeah, 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 and yeah, I'm yeah. like Jesus. We'll talk a little bit of it. Whatever. Shall we just get into it? Let's get into it. Follow us on Twitter at LamePod. Email us at LexLamePod at gmail.com. Get a sticker from us. Give us a, a review sticker, on iTunes. Get a review on iTunes. Do you know the deal? Share yeah, it with yeah, your yeah. friends. 
Hey, we've been getting a lot more listeners recently, so that's good. You've been yeah. doing a good job. Keep us coming. You tell you tell your friends if if they're like if they're like if you talk to your friends and they're like I'm a leftist, send this to them. We will straighten them out. If you send this podcast to two of your friends and you can verify that, we will give you a hero of the of the lame Soviet award. Yeah, we'll we'll get it all printed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you if your friend says that they are an anti-capitalist, right? If that is the words that they use to describe themselves, send themselves to send them this way and give them a copy of State and Rev. If your friend voted for Joe Biden, hey, um, yeah, so just look, spread the word. We do a good service on this podcast, and I'm not just saying it because it's my podcast. <laughs> anyway, let's all right. We're back. It's side B. I'm Aaron. I'm Jenry. This is the Lexington Attorney General Marxist Experience. All right. Roll the roll the, the the TikTok footage. The TikTok footage. I don't have the TikTok footage. I'm but... not. It's it's a podcast. Don't roll it. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Well, uh, if if you haven't heard recently, there's been this hand gesture going around, which I'm about to demonstrate. Yeah. It's like okay, okay, make a fist. But no, 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 not like that. Like the way you would want if you wanted your thumb to break when you punch someone, like that. So, yeah, take your hand out right now. Yeah. And then what you do is you put your thumb over to your, like, your pinky. Oh, it's your, over to the, oh. Well, it's not really over to the, so you just, just cross just it over, your, yeah. Put your, yeah, put your thumb in. And then in. you just curl your other fingers around your thumb. And do that, oscillate. And do that, that, and then punch someone and break Yeah, and, and break your thumb, like, and seriously what is this, badly. And what is this hand gesture? Well, this hand gesture represents um if you're like in trouble if you're kidnapped and you need help um if you're in distress uh and that's been going around on tiktok uh there was a girl from north carolina who was rescued in kentucky uh after she did it uh in a car um and they could see her doing it and uh, i guess i guess the stars aligned because the driver also knew what that meant oh what the driver oh oh the driver the other person seeing it yeah, yeah. how would you i mean, that's the thing like how would you that's right. like okay that's like if i like it would literally it, this is literally like me going up to some stranger and i'm like i like your shoelaces and they unironically said back to me thanks i stole it from the president that never fucking happens that never fucking happens it never will happen keep dreaming anyway Exactly. Um, I mean, she ended up okay. She got rescued and everything. Well, great. Um, but it happened in Kentucky. Yeah. They say it happens in Kentucky. All right, cool. Speaking of things happening in Kentucky, um, you all remember <laughs> our little discussions uh, throughout the podcast about uh, everyone's favorite uh, tomato startup, App Harvest. Man, what a bunch of fucking idiots. Like, one of the... Uh, hiring a bunch of guys from, like like Saudi Arabia to to as, as your consultants on how to grow tomatoes in Appalachia like they're what a, treating they're treating a tomato harvesting like it's uh like it's a tech business which is you can just program the tomatoes which is i mean it's so funny because app harvest i mean it is like in the perfect way like resembles the every leftist critique of like modern like running something like a you know giving tech level profit margins or whatever Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, there's still just guys in there planting tomatoes. I mean, it's at the end of the guys. day, it's farming. You know, same thing with all this logistics shit. At the end of the day, there's just guys driving, and no amount of innovation will get you around the fact that you have to pay someone to drive your car somewhere, you know, or dr- dr- drive drive your goods somewhere. After App Harvest dismissal or dismal second quarter prompted stocks to dive. The mega greenhouse company reported to its investors Wednesday an optimistic start to the fourth quarter and announced it remains on track with expansion. They're lying to you. They um, lied the last time. Why would you ever expect them to tell the truth again? They're, and let me say their loss. So they just reported a $17 million loss. Great. Um, this Wednesday. 
In August, the Moorhead-based company's leadership announced it. Oh, okay, even more. <laughs> in August, uh, recorded a net loss of $32 million. Just to be absolutely clear, when it recorded that loss of $32 million in the second quarter, um, before they announced that, they, they, they announced that they were expecting to see a, a gain of $32 million. They were just lying to I mean, whatever, keep going. The, uh, due to the pre- and they're blaming the price of tomatoes hitting a 10-year low and because the quality of the tomatoes was lacking. I think it's because the tomatoes were shit. Um, <laughs> no, I, it, whatever. They're just, they're, you make a bad tomato, people aren't going to buy them. Yeah, they're, they're, like, they're like, we have to, they're like, they've pivoted entirely, it seems, to just making tomato products because mm-hmm. the tomatoes they grow are too shitty to buy like individually at like the produce section, it seems. CEO and founder Jonathan Webb attributed app harvest problems to inability to produce high quality tomatoes that have a great value and scaling up the Moorhead facility to 400 employees. Great. App harvest leadership implemented changes in its summer refresh, such as providing productivity bonuses for its employees and hiring Julie Nelson as the executive president of operations at the Moorhead facility, who previously worked at PepsiCo and McKinsey. Great. So now we're fixing tomato prices in Kentucky now, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Um, The company reported selling one and a half million pounds of tomatoes in the third quarter, according to five, according or amounting to $543,000 in net sales. What? Which was even higher than expected, according to the company. What the fuck, man? You can't. Why are you? There's tomato stand. They're selling their tomatoes. What are you fucking? I don't. Okay. Call me an idiot, right? How do you burn so much money? Why do you how did you spend 32 million dollars in one quarter farming tomatoes? Hey, you know they got the 32 million that they burned, but they have at a, least at you least have a crazy is. amount of startup capital. Mm-hmm. You have the power of numbers, right? You have the economy of scale, right? Cuz you're mm-hmm. a big company. You're not just one guy farming to you know it's tomatoes. Not just some dude in you're, you're not just some dude on one plot of land. You have all of this shit going on and you're telling me that you can't offer the life if you stop the money faucet from uh, from flowing like Well, you know, at least they have tomatoes. They're not like the aluminum plant where they have like several hundred they have like so, almost a billion dollars and just in, sitting, just chilling. In this front and they haven't even built their fucking uh, mill. God, man. Um App Harvest will delay development of the second Moorhead facility, a 10-acre large gr- a leafy green facility, to be able to adapt the design of the farm based on operation needs in the Berea facility and maintain financial flexibility. The Moorhead North facility, which is expected to be completed, is expected to be completed now in 2023. So they're, they're going to they're gonna expand. That's probably why they lost so much money is they're expanding into leafy greens. Well, they expanded. They're, of course, trying to back out of Pikeville, which, of course, they're in a lifelong contract with. Um, so, so fucking dumb. With these four facilities, App Harvest is now expected to invest $150 million in 2021. Lauren Eggleton, Chief Financial Officer, said App Harvest is on track to finish nine indoor farms by the end of 2025. We're on track to to producing no more internal combustion engine vehicles by 2045. Another very promising and normal Thing that i hear from these uh, from, from this type of stuff um i mean so that's that's the latest update on the app harvest scale. great well um i mean at least at least they have a product dude it was really funny i was talking to this guy i ran into this guy the other day and he was literally like he's like yeah man i used to be like the creative director at app harvest man like and it was anything she's like he's like yeah man i used to hold me and i was like what the fuck and he's like and he's like yeah man great company i really believe in what they're doing or whatever and I was like, and he's like, and he's like, oh well, I quit in August or <laughs> whatever. And I was like, oh really? And he's like, but what they're doing is really, really real and whatever. And I was like, what the? I was like, I don't know, guy. They, they walk among us is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I literally met a guy from App Harvest. They walk among us. Anyway, you never know who you'll run into. Speaking of never knowing who you're going to run into, if you're from Northern Kentucky. <laughs> You might run into people from the attorney general's office because Daniel Cameron is building an office up there that's going to be part of the Kenton County Court or the Kenton County City Building, County Building, ugh, Kenton County Building. Um, attorney General Cameron is has opened a field office in Northern Kentucky as part of an effort to expand services uh, as, as you expand access to the services offered by his staff. The new field office is in the Kenton County Government Center in Covington. It's another step towards expanding the footprint of the attorney general's office throughout the state. So let me say this. If you were based out of Frankfurt, which is on the interstate, right? And you're like, how, what part of Kentucky needs 
my office expanded to the most. Would you pick? Um, your options are. Your option are Covington, n- Louisville. No, 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 no. Aaron. Wait Eastern Kentucky. Wait, Aaron. Your options are literally anywhere that's perhaps maybe not well served or all accessed. Right. Mm-hmm. It's real, and you, you're like you're like app harvest. You're like where. What's the you know, where should I where should I go that's re- for that that's that's really being underserved? Oh, I got it. Suburban Cincinnati. The I uh, oh great. I'll go to the. I'll just stay. I'll go on the interstate and drive one hour, um, and open my thing here. No, do I should I open a place in Kentucky that's further from Frankfurt? How about all the way out in Western Kentucky? And uh, nope, nothing. Okay, I don't. Know, just really they, dumb. They got to worry about the time change too. I know. There's a whole thing. Um, for just... years, the work of the Attorney General's office has been concentrated primarily in Frankfurt, which is not accessible for every Kentuckian. And establishing the regional field office will allow us to take our work directly to those we serve, Cameron said. What the fuck, man? Okay. Like, all right. The new regional office will enable a staff to work alongside law enforcement, prosecutors, and advocates in northern Kentucky to deal with public safety issues and other concerns, Cameron said. In addition to the Northern Kentucky Field Office, the Attorney General's Office also has locations in Louisville and in Prestonburg in Eastern Kentucky. Oh, great. So Prestonburg's got one. But uh, once again, what if you live west of the land between the lakes? I hear I hear this um, Attorney General race is going to be interesting next year. Who's Who else is running? I don't know, but apparently it's going to be pretty hot. That's what people are saying. All right. Word on the street. Word Aaron. on the street says it's going to be pretty hot. Well, little birdie told me that this is going to be a a hot uh, race. Maybe even bigger than the governor. Who knows? <laughs> okay. Speaking of our governor, uh, Bashir has proposed a salary boost and uh, body cameras for state police. Well, okay. <laughs> All right. I just roll over. Okay. Uh, Frontline personnel at Kentucky State Police would receive big pay raises, and the troopers would be equipped with body cameras under a budget proposal unveiled Tuesday by Governor Andy Bashir. The proposal, the proposed salary increases, are aimed at halting the steady loss of troopers and dispatchers, leaving for higher pay at other law enforcement agencies. Troopers and their telecommunicators frequently cited pay as the reason for their departure from the KSP underscoring the agency's recruitment and retention struggles. Yeah, I'm sure that's the only reason why no one wants to be a fucking state trooper. So state troopers would get a raise from $40,000 a year to $55,000 a year. And this is a, this is embarrassing. The state uh, telecommunication people, the people who run 911, yeah. they go from they're currently being paid $24,000 a year. Holy fuck, man. They're going to be paid 32 instead. What the fuck? I mean, it's why it, whatever these it's pay increases i believe will make a real difference bashir said both ksp troopers and dispatchers believe deserve the respect and stability that comes from competitive wages and none of them should have the none of them should have to have a second job with what they do for us to provide for their family god that's so, i mean that's like okay people are starting to pay cops more they're not paying telecommunicators you know enough so they're like well we don't want to give a crazy huge wage to telecommunications workers because what if a bunch of people want to start applying and working at telecommunications then we would have to deal with that i don't know whatever then we might be properly staffed yeah and that would be a little we don't need really 911 callers that is just more work um i need to pay guys to sit in their dodge chargers and fantasize about violence Speaking of paying guys to just sit around, Kentucky, right. the Kentucky Capitol is getting a $100 million makeover after years of wear and tear, according to the Herald Leader. How about you just sit and rot? <laughs> <laughs> the way the way that well, they... I, okay, I am for this solely if it gives anyone more office space. Yes. Thank God. <laughs> um, yeah, th- this... this uh, whole situation is insane the way they are making out the current state of the capital to be um this is from this is from jack brammer at the herald leader because uh-huh. he's got yeah they've got a whole bunch of pictures of uh of the capital in its current state um does it look bad it is interesting okay 
Today, the capital with the 70 iconic columns, skylights, and striking dome can be seen from miles away and is still impressive while practical. Uh, it houses nearly 500 state government offices, including the governor's executive suite on the first floor, the Supreme Court chambers on the second floor, and the House and Senate chambers on the third floor. All the stately place, building baby. filled with history is showing its wear and tear, which could cost more than $100 million to repair. And then they get, they get the uh, architect and project manager of the Capitol, Bernie, yeah. Bernie Engelman. It's like when you do a house repair for a problem, and then you find another problem. Yeah. Weird. He was also quoted as saying, yeah, and then they buried all these power lines underground, and this is going to be a huge pain in the ass, and it's going to add a lot to our project, but if only well, someone just ran the power lines overhead. Yeah, one of, one of the biggest things, <laughs> actually, the work to be done is diverse, ranging from removing rusty water pipes, replacing gobs of old telephone and computer lines. Oh! <laughs> oh, my fucking God! I'm killing it today, people! That's fucking right. It That's is. fucking right. <laughs> I hope you all... Okay, we're calling this episode Defensive Overhead Power Lines Part 2. Uh. <laughs> and oh, wait for this. New voltage units providing temperatures, uh, temperature control throughout the building and replacing terracotta tiles on the dome. Okay. So they have a picture of this fucking switchboard or like the whole... The, like, yeah, the phone. old telephone. I forget the name of those. Um, yeah. Because I've... I, yeah, we... Exchange uh, rooms, exchange or whatever it is. Pots, I guess you would. Well, that's yeah. just the whole system. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Classic, man. <laughs> um, and the caption on this is: Telephone lines are connected through a room in the basement of Kentucky State Capitol in Frankfurt. Uh, as part of renovations and repairs are being undertaken, their obsolete and unused wires are going to be removed. Oh God, they're going to do voiceover IP for the entire building. Ooh, that might be fun. That's uh, probably for the better. Um, there's RJ45 some... is not going anywhere, guys. You hear me? There's some interior work to be done that's expected to cost $64 million. They're going to remove ceiling tiles in the basement of the Capitol. Um, and ceiling tiles. They, they describe, okay, removing ceiling tiles in the basement of the Capitol reveals decades of electrical, telephone, and computer lines strung out like clumps of elongated spaghetti. Mm. They violate safety codes and have to be removed and replaced. Great. All the electrical, mechanical, and plumbing systems in the capital will be renovated. That will take about $40 million, the most expensive part of the project. Jesus. Um, they're also adding, like, AC to every room. They're updating all the pipes and everything. The capital has six mechanical rooms, two in the basement, and four on the fourth floor. They are dark, solitary places filled with all shapes and sizes and kinds of metal pipes. Unlike the modern mechanical rooms, which are which are full, cool, fun, and inviting, that photo looks really good. I like mechanical rooms. If you all ever have the privilege of breaking into Memorial Coliseum, I was there on official business, but whatever. Memorial Coliseum at UK has some great, like, like the pipes are different colors and shit. It's like I'm in a Google server. It's great. Whoa. Yeah, it's very cool. <clears throat> then there's work in the basement, which which uh, provided stables for horses and carriages used when the Capitol was new, and that will result in uh, some new offices. Uh, there are currently offices there right now. God, we got the. I'm the fucking guy that's got a. I got a. I don't know. I got to hit the rate. I got to. I'm the guy in charge of the racism dial for the Bashir government, but mm -hmm. I, I I work in the stable. <laughs> Yeah, you work, you work in the former stable, now office, but you're getting kicked out because of renovations. Yeah, it's like, Jesus. You're going to work in one of those, uh, like, traveling, or you, you know you know when they have, like, the construction pods? Yeah, well, that's, uh, I mean, is it not, there was a, is Morton Middle School, I'm pretty sure they still have it, like, for, like, years, they expanded classrooms by just rolling out shipping container classrooms, which oh, I thought was goodness. really funny. I, you know, I went, I recently drove past my old elementary school in northern Kentucky, and they got one of those. Yeah. Now, and I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah, I guess it's a, a cheap and dirty way of doing it. I mean. Mm -hmm. There's a uh, paint chipping from the ceilings throughout the building, and asbestos must be removed from rooms. We need, we should add more asbestos. We should add more asbestos. Imagine, imagine being like Asbestos a is an amazing chemical. It really, I mean, if it weren't for the fact that it causes cancer. Duh. Oh, what? What? And all the other shit I put in my body doesn't cause cancer? Like only asbestos? Yeah, man. Yeah, right. I'll take the mesothelioma. <laughs> if you were a loved one, has been diagnosed. <clears throat> the project calls for enlarging the elevators on the north side to comply with the Americans with Disabilities Act. Great. Um, and the elevator on the south side will be reviewed. The project is anticipated to take three years to complete. <laughs> I need another pandemic to work on this. I, you know, I'd be interested in seeing if the General Assembly, if they just like met in these shipping containers. They're not, obviously, but that'd be funny. The General Assembly is just meeting out. They've all parked their cars in a circle in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, man. 
Um, and then there's a bunch of exterior work. Um, a roof, a roof replacement is planned, and in approximately three or four years after the dome restoration is complete, uh, a new roof will cost about seven million dollars. Great. They're talking about how the Capitol Dome. Enough organic material has accumulated on the dome that a small tree is growing from it. Yeah, man, that's awesome. <laughs> which they didn't, they didn't get a picture of in the article, which I'm very sad about um, because that that would just be funny. But the, yeah, the sixteen million dollars for the dome work, um, and you know what? They should keep that tree. Maybe pot it. Maybe put it outside. You're like, here's little, our dome tree. This is our dome tree, a little bonsai dome tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, it's happened again. All right. You've wasted another perfectly good hour, right? Hour? Just keep going. Listening to Lame. It's kind of funny when you don't know. <laughs> Our esteemed executive producer is Charlie Carey. Our stickers are designed by Claire Thompson from ClaireThompsonArt.com. Go to her website. Go check check her out. <laughs> <laughs> Do some requests or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, at LamePod. You can email us. Alexlamepod at gmail.com. I'm expecting feedback. Um, I've been, the participation has been low. I'm going to start making uh, it mandatory. I'm going to have a discussion group. Everyone will have to make at least two posts um, on the lame discussion forum, um, TBT. <laughs> and even though, even though Blake Hall lures us into, <sighs> into the. We've already said his name once that we have to continue glorifying. Well, it's funny though. It's okay, funny right, though. Okay. All right, all even right. though Blake Hall lures us underground and, and traps us in with his buried wires, cast of Amontillado <laughs> style, whenever he hears us say it, <laughs> this is lame. <laughs> Oh, I've got a. Oh, you're a Mason too. I love. I don't know if there's a good like you know like the Masons have a trowel, but if yeah. like uh if you got like like oh you have wire cutters too. I do too. I'm a fellow electrician. For, for the love of God, Blake Hall. <laughs> yes, yes, Jenry. For the love of God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What. <laughs> <laughs>